I'd like to welcome you all here this morning. In the beginning of the service, I will mention that we will have our business meeting here tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. You're welcome to be here. We'll begin the service today. We'll sing number 242, Wonderful Words of Life. <laughs> Wonderful words, wonderful words of 
when I think about the song that we just sung, I was just thinking about this book right here that's full of the wonderful words of life, the promises of God, the history of His people here upon the earth, the history of His Son, Jesus Christ, and how He came here to the earth, and how He lived, and how He died. The wonderful words of life, eternal life, that's what he talks about continuously in there. And we have talked about it so much recently of how we can all have that. It is that free gift and it is there for each and every one of us today. If we'll just put our hand, put our full faith and full trust in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. So let's this morning, let's thank him and praise him for all that he has done, and let's give him our attention of how and what he'd have to give to us today, of how he, how he wants us to be able to understand his word and be encouraged in it, and have hope, and have faith, and have peace of eternal life. So this morning, let's just turn to his word and we'll read a little bit as I've opened here this morning to a chapter that is read quite often and we're going to read some there just to encourage each and every one of you some it's the 14th chapter of John first verse let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. If we believe that God created this world, we create, He created all things. He created man. He created woman. And He has given us the opportunity to know that. And He just says now, let not your heart be troubled. Don't be troubled with anything that Satan can bring upon you. He says you believe in God and Think about who God is. God created all this. He has the power to create. He had the power to create it. He still has that power to give to each and every one of us the same power that He has, just like Jesus Christ has. Now He says, now you believe that God created these things. You believe that God is the one who is over the whole universe. He says, also believe in me because I am His Son, Jesus Christ. And I have the power of God. And I have the power to forgive sins. Believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That's one of those promises. In My Father's house are many mansions. They are not limited. There are many mansions there, and that is for whosoever will accept Jesus Christ. And he says, if this was not so, he said, I would have told you. He says, now I go to prepare a place for you. And what was that place? How is that? He left here. He was crucified. He was resurrected out of the grave again so that we can have eternal life. And now he is there. He says, I go that I may prepare a place for you. And he says, I'm going back. And I will send to you the Comforter. 
That's what he was preparing. Here upon the earth, while he was here, he was preparing that for us in the way that he lived his life and overcame Satan in every situation. That's how he was preparing that place for us. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. And we have that opportunity this morning to know every bit of that. Through Jesus Christ. He says, I go away, that where I am, and where is he? He is there at the right hand of God the Father today. He is there in paradise with him. He says, now where I am, there you may be also, and we can be spiritually in that same condition with him today while we are here in this land. And then we've got the opportunity to when we leave this world to go to Him and to be with Him wherever we are, wherever that may be, we will be in a safe condition while we're while Adam's family is still here upon the earth and how, when, how they are working out their salvation until that time is up, we will be somewhere waiting upon that. And then as he says, that he will come back here to the earth and we all can be with him at that time. But then there was one here that Thomas, and we've read about this many times, Thomas doubted and he said, saith unto them, him, Lord, how we know not where thou goest, how can we know the way? And there's some here today, and some may be hearing my words today, that does not really know and understand the way. Jesus is going to make that very plain and clear how that way is. He says, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, and He is the only way. It is not me. It is not some church. It is Jesus Christ. And I want us to all to understand that. He is the way to eternal life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. And we all have that opportunity now to see him spiritually and to know him in our heart, in our mind. Philip saith unto him, Show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Again, Philip didn't understand all about it. There may be people here today that does not understand all about what salvation is. But listen carefully. He is just laying it out there. His words are true. The wonderful words of life that we sung about, this is the wonderful words of life that we're talking about right here. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of God. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? And that might could be with some of us here in this church that we have been here so long and still don't truly have that understanding that we should have and truly have that spirit within our heart, in our mind. Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. 
And he that has seen him, truly seen him, and accepted Jesus Christ, we know that we have seen and accepted the Father also. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. And that is what's available to each and every one of us today. That the works that are done, if it's good works in us, comes through Jesus Christ from God the Father. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, now listen, he wants your attention when he says that. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And now listen carefully to what he says there. But first of all, let's go back and let's talk a little bit about what he, what he said. He says that he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And he was then able to, when he went back to his Father, to send us that Spirit of the Holy Ghost, that Spirit of God, that then we are able to have the power of God, that we are able to do the works that is acceptable to Him. We are able to overcome Satan. And it's not our works. It's not your works. It's the works of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost within you. And whosoever shall ask in my name, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Do we have faith in Jesus Christ? That what we ask in His, that his will, it will be done in us. Ask anything in my name, I will do it. Where is our faith this morning, friends? But then he goes on and he bring, he tells us something that I feel like that throughout the world today, this part of the scripture is overlooked a lot. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you have that love that he's talking about, Truly love Him and that new spirit, you have that within you now. He says, keep my commandments. Do the things that I have asked for you to do, that I have, how I have lived my life here upon the earth. He says that we should walk as Jesus walked. He says here, keep His commandments. Just do the things that He has commanded throughout this book for how we should live our life. If we love Him. And then he goes on and he, he tells something else there. He says, and I will pray the Father. I will be communicating to the Father. I will be asking the Father. And He shall give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. 
Listen carefully. I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter. That is what I'm talking about, that spirit that He says that He, when He goes away, He is going to send that back. That's what He was telling His disciples and His friends at that time. I know that that has taken place. I know that on the day of Pentecost, this happened, that He sent that comforter here to the earth. And I know that He has been doing that all the way along. Ever since He was here upon the earth, people have been able to receive that. That they may abide, that he may abide with you forever. Isn't that something to think about? I want you to just contemplate on that for just a minute. That that's a promise from Jesus Christ, from God. That he says, you believe on me, you keep my commandments, you do the things I say to do, and I will do this. I will be praying to the Father. For you and for me. And he shall give you another comforter. Do we all understand that truly today? Do you know about that? Do you know my Jesus and his promises? That he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. Listen. I will not leave you comfortless, he says. That's another promise. I will come to you. To all of those that seek Him. To all of those that ask. He says, I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. Now he's telling you this again. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he that hears his word and does them, that keeps them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. This few verses that we have read here today is just full of comforting words for us all. These are promises, and they are promises to each and every one of you. I don't care where you come from or who. This is a promise from Jesus Christ that came from God the Father to him to give to us, and John recorded it. And it's there for us all to have today and to be encouraged with the wonderful words of life that we can all have. He that hath my commandments, listen carefully to this again, and keepeth them, he hears the word and he does it. He follows what he asks to be done.
He it is that loveth me. If we follow in Him with that Spirit, that's the only way we can keep His commandments. That's the only way that we can have them is to have that new birth. He that loveth me and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And there is no greater love than the love of the Father. Look at how great that love was that He sent His Son here, His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. He sent Him here to go through all that He did and end up nailed to the cross. And He died there on that cross for us. That's the love that the Father had for you and me. That's because it is His will that all men be saved. And if it's His will, that love then, and He that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love Him and will manifest myself unto Him. I will love those that come to Him. And I will make manifest my works unto him, to you and to me. I will write it in your mind and put it in your heart. That's what he has said. I will give you, I will take that heart of stone away, he says, and give you a heart of flesh, a heart of understanding. And I'll put the, the message, my word, my commandments in your mind and in your heart. I will lead you. I will guide you. I will direct you. That's what he's telling us. If we just get ourselves out of the way and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, these promises are to you. These promises are to me. They are to the entire world. Jesus said, I did not come to condemn the world because we were all already condemned. He says, I came to save us. I came to forgive sins. And there's not a one of us that's perfect. But we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. And we can all know Him. And He is there today mediating for you and for me. I believe we'll turn over. Let's turn over to Thessalonians. Read a little there. This is First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. This will be the fourth chapter. Furthermore then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. Now what was he just telling us? He was telling us how that we need to hear his word and we need to keep his commandments and walk in his way. Now here is many years later, probably maybe 30 35 years later, probably somewhere in that range, that here Paul was writing to the Thessalonians. 
And the message that he was sending to them was basically the same thing. He says, Now furthermore then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you, we encourage you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more, so that you ought to walk and to please God. You ought to hear His Word, hear His commandments, and follow them and love Him if you want to please God. So you would abound more and more so that we could get closer and closer and grow spiritually stronger and stronger. He says, we have encouraged you, we have talked to you, we have told you. You have received that from us. And I know that that has been taught here to all of us. His Word here of how we ought to walk here upon the earth. How we ought to live our life. And to please God. Letting the Spirit be within us. Letting that Spirit dwell strongly. That is what it will take to please God. Letting His Spirit be vibrant in you and in me. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. You understand that, Paul was saying. He had read these things. They had talked to them. They hadn't maybe read about the things that Luke or Mark, John, any of those had written. That was not even available to them then. But he says, For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus, I know, had given these things to Paul. He had written it in his mind and placed it in his heart. Paul said he did not go and visit with the disciples for many years, but he trusted in Jesus Christ to give him the knowledge and understanding. And I believe that's what he, was ta- he had been talking and teaching these Thessalonians when he was there visiting with them. And now he's writing them a letter encouraging them in the Word. And let's listen at it, and let's be encouraged in it today. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Now there was all manner of sin and things going on in the world just like they are today. We look around and we say, it is a sinful an adulterous generation that we live in. Well, the same things were taking place right there in this day, not long after Christ was here. Here was Paul warning these people about certain conditions that he says, he says, this is the will of God, even your sanctification. It's the will of God that you receive this. It's the will of God that you are sanctified by His Spirit that you should then be able to abstain from fornication, something that was probably very much rampant throughout the world in that day just as it is today. But Paul says that you ought to be by the will of God, by having that Spirit of the Holy Ghost within you, that you ought to be able to abstain from that and not let these things be in you in anyone that is calling himself a Christian. He says that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. He's, now listen to what he said. He says that every one of you 
should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, that every one of us today should know how to possess this body, this fleshly body, and how we should be able to bring it under subjection, as Paul says, that we might be able then to be sanctified and honor not living in sin, but honor God the Father of what He has done, how He has given us power over the flesh. He says that we ought to know those things and not live in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. And we can see that throughout the world today. People living in lust, allowing the flesh to overcome their better judgment in many, many cases. And then that they go out and they live in this way that is an abomination to God. But He's just warning His people and telling them how that you can have power over that and use that sanctification, use that Spirit so that you don't live in the lust that the world lives in. And that you can overcome it and see victory, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. And again, he's just telling us now, be careful how you live your life. In everything that you do, do and treat your neighbor, treat your brother, treat your friends, whoever it is, just the way you want to be treated. That's the golden rule. In business, in your family, in church, in everything that you do, let that be first. That you first, that you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says, and next, and this hangs on the same. He says, to love your brother as you love yourself. And this is what he's telling them. Now, no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner. But be 100% honest in everything that you do. 100% honest in these things. And I read something recently that said that all people, we can all choose to be honest. Every one of us can. But he says that a lot of people don't. And if we aren't careful, we can see that right in our, our, ourselves. People will talk about, well, that's just a little white lie. A lie is a lie. It doesn't matter what it is. So let's be careful and let's live in accordance with what he's talking about here. And let's be 100% honest 100% of the time when we're dealing with whoever it is, 100% of the people that you deal with on a daily basis. Doesn't matter whether it hurts you financially or whatever. Be 100% truthful. Walk in accordance with Him. For God hath not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. And think about those things. 
If God called you to be able to receive that new spirit, that spirit of the Holy Ghost, that new birth, He has called you, He has chosen you to be able to receive it because you asked for it and you have asked that He forgive you for his, your sins. Now, if He has called us to receive that, now He has taken us out of the old body. He has brought that old man out, that unclean spirit, and replaced it with a clean spirit full of holiness, full of His spirit, full of His power. Now God hath not called us then unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. Now how do you think we can continue in sin, living in habitual sin just like we did before, if He's called you into holiness, if He has given to you that new spirit? That sounds like that would be an awful weak God that says, I have given you my spirit, but then... You can't overcome sin, but you just go on and you live in sin. Something would be terribly wrong with that picture, wouldn't it? But I know a God that is powerful. I know a God that can overcome all things. I know a God that Jesus Christ, that I believe we read about last week, of how that He was tempted there in the wilderness. And when He came out of the wilderness... He was tempted of Satan just immediately, one, two, three times there. But he was able to resist him. He was able to overcome him. Why? Because he served God, the God of all power and all might. And that's what he's talking about. He did not call us to continue in sin. He gave us that new birth, that new spirit, that now we can live in holiness. He therefore that despises, despises not man but God, who hath also given unto us His Holy Spirit. Now if we despise the Word of God, if we despise the things that He is teaching us about here today, if we reject those things, we're not rejecting man, we're rejecting God. And if we reject Him then you're rejecting that Holy Spirit. But God, who hath also given us His Holy Spirit. Now, do you want to do be unjust to that Spirit? I want to protect that Spirit within me by using the power that it has. I don't know, we would never want to take we dress up and we get clean and we want to go somewhere. We're going and we're going to see a lot of people just like if we came out here today. We would not, any of us, want to have to, to go and do something that would make us filthy. Our clothes would be dirty and filthy as we come here today. We wouldn't want to be that way at all. We were coming before other people. We'd want to keep those clothes clean. And that is the way we should be wanting our spiritual part, keeping that spiritual body clean by letting that Spirit lead us away from sin. It will never lead us into sin. Never. It will direct you away from it. 
So let's continue to use it in that way, but as touching brotherly love. You need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Just bringing this back up again, what we're talking about. He says, now, he says, we don't even need to touch on those things. Because that Spirit of God, I write unto you, I need not write unto you about that. For ye yourselves are taught of God, that new Spirit within you, that He's writing in your mind and He's placing it in your heart that God to love one another instead of have hatred to your friends, to your brothers, to your sisters, to your neighbor, to whatever it is, we should never have that hatred there. You could hate the sin you might see in something, but never to hate that person. And indeed, you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Increase in what? Increase in the love of God. And increase in that spirit, drawing nearer and closer and closer to Him. And Satan has to flee. The, more we, the closer we get with, to God, the less opportunity he has to tempt you. And the weaker those temptations are because the stronger that you allow that spirit to get within you, then you can overcome it all. And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia to love one another. And he says, you do it to all of those brothers that are there around you. Show that love that pure love, and show a concern to them that if there's anything that you can do to help them, to encourage them in their work, in the Spirit, to do it. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. That you increase. How can we increase? Just listening, waiting upon Jesus Christ. Wait upon the Lord and then be ready to move and move when He says. And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work your own hands as we commanded you. Work with your own hands as we commanded you. That you may walk honestly toward them that are without and that you may have lack of nothing Listen to what he's talking about here. Let's read that again. And that you study to be quiet. Not looking at how I can go out here and be a busybody in other men's matters. But he says you study, you practice, you concentrate on your own self and that you be quiet. Listen. Don't be one that is just constantly going out here talking and telling people all about you, just like the two, there was two that went into the synagogue to pray. I believe one of them was a publican and the other one was just a, a low person. One was a Pharisee and the other one a publican maybe. But they went there and they went in. And one of them there stood and he talked and he told there, prayed all about the good things that he had done and all how he was living his life. 
and how that he was better than the man that had come in with him. All of these things. He was not being quiet in his own self. Study to be quiet, he says, that you do your own business. He was telling God all about how good he was, but the other man, the sinner, didn't even look up into heaven, maybe just bowed his head and said, God, forgive me, a sinner. And Jesus said this man went down to his house justified rather than the other because he was not exalting himself. He was there humbly seeing his lost condition and seeing how he needed to have his faith and trust in God. And this is what we need to do today, that you study to be quiet. Don't go around talking and telling about all about yourself, but to just go around and do your own business. Follow the Lord and whatever He asks for you to do. You don't have to go out and tell people all about what you're doing, but to do your own business and to work with your own hands. Use what God has given to you, your talents, your body, as we commanded you in another place, he says, he that does not work should not eat. And we have way too much of this going on throughout our country and throughout the world today that people are not working with their own hands, but they are relying upon someone else or the government or whatever to keep them up that they may have the things here that they need the necessities of life. But what he says here, what the commandments from God through Paul in that day, that we just study to do our work. Do your own business. You don't have to look and try to take care of somebody else's business unless they are in trouble. They need some help. And then he says to help them, have that love for them. But work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that you may have lack of nothing. That you might walk honestly. Now, if we live in this way, he says for us to walk and to live and to keep the commandments, to know the commandments and to know what he has said for us to how we should live our life and he says if we do those things keep his commandments listen to his servants here upon the earth paul was just a servant he was a messenger for god in that day there are messengers upon the earth now and we need to pay close attention to how and what the commandments, as Paul said, as we commanded you, the Lord's people, the Lord's messengers will be able to give those messages today. And we need to listen. And we need to follow them and to work with your own hands to love Him, to keep His commandments. That you may walk honestly toward them that are without and that you may have lack of nothing. And I know 
we have been blessed tremendously. First of all, we have been blessed spiritually with His Spirit. And we have been able to receive natural blessings also and have lacked nothing basically here. I know that He has given to us all that we need that you may have lack of nothing. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others that have no hope. And now he's telling them something about those. The way I interpret this and I believe is right, that he says that those that are asleep, those that have died in Christ Jesus, that's what he's talking about. And this is something how we can be encouraged. He says, and I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. But if we can see and we know that someone, how they live their life, and if, if we can have hope that they have eternal life and that they are with Christ, then he says, don't sorrow for them as you would sorrow for someone that you, you had seen that had died that was not living in accordance with God. He says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. And to think about that. That if we have seen and we know that Jesus, we believe that Jesus died and He rose again. He says, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, those that died, those believers that died in Jesus, will God bring with Him when, he, when His Son comes back here to the earth. Jesus Christ. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, he says, I'm telling you these things. This is the way of God that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. If we are alive here upon the earth all the way until He comes back, He will bring the righteous back with Him here to the earth. <clears throat> For the Lord Himself, and listen, this is what Paul understood, and he's telling to us today what will take place, and it may be in the near future, I don't know, whenever it will be, it will be a wonderful day for the righteous. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the triumph of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Well, that be a marvelous sight to see and something to hear. It'll be a fearful and terrible thing for the unrighteous. But for, for the righteous to see and to know this, the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself 
shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the triumph of God, with the power of God, he will be descending from heaven again. He ascended back and he told his disciples that I will come back. He arose and he will come back to bring his people back here to the earth. He has risen and I will return is what he has said. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the triumph of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen to that, friends. What a promise. What we all have to be able to look forward to if, we, if we'll just do as He says. Hear His Word and live in accordance with His Word. Love Him above all other things here upon the earth. And let His Spirit grow within us. That is what He is asking for us, how He's asking for each one of us. And let's read that again. Now, the dead in Christ rising to meet Him as He is coming, they're rising to meet Him. And then we that are alive here upon the earth and are remaining at that time, He says, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. As He is descending, we are ascending away from this sin-cursed earth. And listen what He says, to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Away from this sin-cursed earth. Away from the wicked. Away from Satan. We shall, be, we shall ever be with the Lord. It doesn't matter how long we live here upon the earth. The thief on the cross... I don't know, but I've always considered him probably a fairly young man. But he died there on that cross or after they took him down. But he was told while he was there, he repented. He accepted Christ as the Son of God. And Christ said today... Thou shalt be with me in paradise. Even though his sins were many, and he said he deserved the punishment that was being rained out upon him. And Jesus Christ said, Thou shalt be with me 
in paradise today. And friends, we have seen people live long lives. We have seen people live short lives. But we all have the opportunity to know Christ Jesus. And if we leave here with that knowledge, if we leave here with that new birth, it'll be just a wonderful time. We will just be going from this life into eternal life. There is no death. This body dies, but there is no death in that soul. And that's why he says that God is a spirit and we must worship Him in spirit. And lay this body down. Each and every one of us, it doesn't matter who we are, we will lay this body down. And that soul will spend eternity somewhere. And He is telling us how that we can... Be with the Lord forever. And then in that 18th verse, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort each other with those words. He wants us to read these words. He wants us to listen to them. He wants us to encourage one another. And that's what I'm doing with each and every one of you today. He said, here is the Word. Here is His commandments. Here is His blessing for all of us. Let's use it. Let's accept Him and let's live in accordance with His Word. So that, and then encourage each other in that. Be alive. Be diligent. Be bold in His Word, His work, while we're here upon the earth. Let's read, just start reading some there in that fifth verse, fifth chapter there, same book. But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But the times and seasons, he says, friends, he says, you don't need, we don't even need to consider those kind of things, really. Just live in accordance with Him and know that He will come back here. He says, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. We don't know when it might be, but we can be prepared. And when He comes, be ready to just do whatever and go wherever He says go. And if He takes this life, rejoice in that everlasting life. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Be careful of how somebody may encourage you that you're in peace and safety 
and you don't have to worry about anything anymore spiritually. You have made a prayer. You have said a prayer. And now you're forgiven. And you can just go on and live in safety. Yes, that is true. That part, that salvation is true. That when we receive that new birth, we are now saved. But we've got to use that spirit as we read about a while ago to overcome. We've got to use that spirit that we can then live and abstain from sin and let that spirit sanctify this body and let then that keep us from sin. Not just feeling like that I'm safe and I can go on. He says that those that feel that way, that they are in safety, peace and safety, but do not understand the truth. He says sudden destruction shall come upon them because they are not living in accordance with His Word. Sudden destruction. I don't want that destruction. I want peace. I want life. I want to what He's talking about there, to be ever with the Lord. Not letting the wrath of God come upon me. He says there that destruction come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Now who's he talking about there? The righteous, he says that there is nothing that I will allow come upon you, but what there is a way for you to escape it by using the power of God. But these, he says, there is no escape because there is no power of God within them. And there is no escape. The damnation of hell. The destruction of God upon them. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. The righteous is not in darkness, but you are living in the light and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In the gospel of Him, you have that knowledge that we're talking about here today written in that mind. Again, I'm going to remind you of that in your heart. You're not in darkness. You should not be. If you are walking in darkness and do not understand that something is wrong, you're all the children of light and the children of the day. But you, are, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Don't let that happen. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Be watching and be sober. Don't be drunken with the things of this world, the lust of the body, any of those things. Let us not sleep as others do. And let us watch, be waiting, watching, and prepared. Be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the day. But let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation.
But let us who are of the day, those that are filled with that new birth, be not drunken with the things of this world, but be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith. Remember, the breastplate of faith and love and of a helmet, the hope of salvation. Protecting the body. That's what the warrior did. Protecting the vital organs. He had that breastplate to protect it. He had the helmet to protect his head. And that's what he's telling us now. Putting on the breastplate of faith. Having full faith in Jesus Christ. That will give us the power over sin. And love. That pure love from God the Father, that charity. And for an helmet, the hope of salvation. The hope of salvation. And I know we can have that through Christ Jesus. That's the helmet. That's what protects us from Satan. And knowing that we have that and it's available and we can have it. And that is why we will have a desire to walk upright. We'll have a desire to keep this body under the subjection of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and of love and of a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Let's look at that. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, God did not appoint us to receive His Spirit and then His wrath be rained out upon us. But He appointed us to receive that so that, that, that we can obtain to the salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Do we understand that today? That God has given us that so that we can have our have salvation, be saved through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who died for us. That whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Whatever we are doing here in this life, whether we are awake in the daytime or whether we are asleep at night, we are asleep with Jesus Christ. We should live together with Him. Whether we are awake here upon the earth or we are asleep in Him, we will be with Him, with Jesus Christ. Live together with Him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also you do. And again, I want to just comfort you. I want to edify you. I want you to understand and be encouraged. And I want you to know what he's talking about. Comfort yourselves together. Edify one another. 
even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. He says to know and understand that, that He has a government here upon the earth in His Word, His work here upon the earth. And we should know how that government works. God the Father here is over all things. And then His Son is over the church, over the spiritual church here, all of the saved. He is over them. And He has messengers that He will work through here upon the earth. We all need to recognize those things, He says. To, to, he says, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to abstain, esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. And that's what we all need to know and understand that. To be at peace among ourselves, among the group of people here. And to be at peace among the righteous spiritual church. All of the people that is in that. To be at peace among that. And he says, most of all, be at peace among yourself. The Christian body here upon the earth. Is what he's talking about there. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. We exhort you, we encourage you, brethren, we warn you, those that are unruly, those that are not following His Word, as He says. He says, bring these things to their attention. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. That is our job to always, to help them. Support them. Be patient. Don't be quick to cast off. He was never, Jesus was never quick to cast off. But He was there not to condemn, but to save. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice in His Word. Pray without ceasing. In everything, Give thanks, for this is the will of God. Listen to those three little verses again. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice in His Word. Rejoice in His work. Rejoice in what Jesus Christ has done for us. Now he says, pray without ceasing. Be constantly praying. We can be praying throughout the day as you drive down the road, as you're at home and you're when you're eating, whatever your daily work, whatever you're doing, you can be communicating with Him. You don't have to get down on your knees all the time to be communicating with Him. You can communicate and pray to Him anytime, anywhere. Pray without ceasing. And everything, give thanks. 
And we are so blessed. Let's give thanks to Him for what He has done for us, both spiritually, first of all, and then the things naturally. And let's be asking Him, praying to Him, to show us how to use these things to His honor and His glory. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. Don't let that Spirit be quenched out in you. Let the evil Spirit be quenched and cast away. But don't let anything come into your life that will hinder that righteous spirit that is there. Despise not prophesying. Despise not preachings and teachings that is brought to your attention. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And that is where you hear us talk about constantly is be ready to go away. Anytime you see anything of sin, you being tempted in that, to get away from it. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus. And that is my prayer for each and every one of us and you today, whoever you might be. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Live in accordance with these things. Be doing these things and pray that the God of peace will sanctify you and make you whole. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Faithful is he. Remember that. That calls you. Who is calling you? Jesus Christ is there with that reached out hand. And faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And he will do the things that he has promised. Brethren, pray for us. And I ask you today, pray for me. And my prayer is for each and every one of you that we all draw closer to Him and that we all draw closer to each other. Brethren, pray for us. Now here was Paul, the man that was walking and had doing such a work here that God was doing such a work in. But he was talking to his other brothers and sisters there. And he didn't feel like, I am the great Paul and I am over you. Yes, I believe that he was telling them over here to esteem him very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourself and to know them that labor among you, those teachers and preachers. I believe that he was talking about himself there. But here he's saying now, Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. He was wanting the prayers of the righteous in that day that he might hold out and that he might be true to God. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. And that's why I would end us on today. But greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. Greet all the brethren in that day they did that. But I'd say greet them today in the way that would be pleasing to the Lord. Greet them in holiness is the way I want you to look at that. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. And that's what this epistle, this letter, this words of God through Paul written to these people has been read and explained to us today so that we can draw closer, we can understand how God would have us to live. The grace, the power, the love, the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 280. I need the every hour. And there may be someone here that might would like to make that confession public. You can do so by coming forward as we sing number 280, I Need Thee Every Hour.
It's a little short song, but there's so much in there. It says there, I need thee every hour. Stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. And that's what we've been talking about today. That those temptations lose that power when He is near. And then He goes on and He says, Enjoy or pain. Come quickly and abide. Or life is vain. If Christ Jesus does not abide in our life, this natural life is in vain. I need thee every hour. Most Holy One, oh, make me thine indeed, thou blessed Son. I need thee every hour. Let us pray. To God the Father, we just beg for guidance. We beg for spiritual wisdom and knowledge and for us to understand how much that we need You. And if Your Son does not abide in us, this life is vain, in vain. We beg that You be with each and every one that has heard this message today and that You lift up their heart and You encourage them in Your Word, Your work, that we all may be one together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank You for all You've done for us. We thank You for Your Son. And we ask that You be with us in the upcoming days, that we use the things that You have given to us. You've entrusted for us to use here upon the earth. We use them to Your honor and to Your glory. And put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And in His name, we ask these things and we pray. Amen. Amen.